the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I would be remiss without saying a word about uh, one of my favorite saints. Uh, I would say the saint that I attribute uh, me actually becoming Orthodox, which would be St. Silouan of Mount Athos. His icon is here before us, and we have, as you heard in uh, the dismissal, a few other saints. Uh, we have the proto-martyr Thecla, who is one of the great early uh, women martyrs of the church, follower of Paul. We also have, today is the commemoration, the anniversary of the arrival of the missionaries from Balaam. And so on this day is when the Holy Synod decided to hold uh, the commemoration of their arrival uh, to Alaska, to the New World, as it was. Uh, but also to then bring in the martyrdom of Juvenali and Peter. So... Um, I don't believe that we actually know the dates of the martyrdom of Juvenal and Peter, so that's part of the reason they chose the arrival and then put uh, the martyrdoms there together. So, in many ways, orthodoxy, um, well, in very many ways, you could say, is tinged or shaped, formed uh, by monasticism. And the Orthodox Church in America's roots go back to missionary and monastics. Uh, the fruit of Orthodoxy in Alaska, or as we say in the hymnody to St. Herman of Alaska, the Holy Orthodox faith planted firmly in North America, uh, was the fruit of monasticism. Valong uh, being uh, one of the holy centers of monasticism in Russia, and we also have the fruit of monasticism in St. Silouan of Mount Athos, who um, was Russian, actually, if you hear the hymnody. In fact, the hymnody, I'm thankful for the choir on the fly there in the 20 minutes before the service that we incorporated the hymnody because I came across it this afternoon. It kind of came into a feed, and I said, okay, wow, all right, we have a lot of English uh, for Silouan. It's always the, the trouble with newer saints to find English translations for things, so I'm very thankful to the choir to incorporate that. Uh, because just listening to the hymnody, you get all of the main themes of the life of St. Silouan. And you have in this fruit of monasticism uh, the um, deep pursuit of holiness that Valon, that Manathos, the connection actually between the two, that Manathos. Uh, would have had a heavy influence on Galan historically. And then that there were Russians, and Manathos is kind of a cosmopolitan republic throughout the centuries of those from all sorts of different lands who came there to pursue uh, the holiness to, as um, one of the titles of Manathos, to the, the Virgin's garden, to the Theotokos' garden. And she's considered to be the abbess, as she's the only woman that is allowed on Manathos, according to tradition. And so Manathos has um, within it uh, great skeets and monasteries from folks from all over the place. Ibram historically was Georgian, Bulgarian, uh, Serbian, and we don't have an American skeet there, uh, but we do have a lot of Americans actually that uh, pursue a life of holiness uh, on the Holy Mountain. St. Silouan, there's a few things that I want to underline uh, in St. Silouan in his life and his teachings. That actually came through very strongly in the hymnody. Uh, the first thing that I think uh, that I want to talk about St. Silouan is his relevance to us today. He is uh, a very modern saint. Uh, he was only canonized, I believe, in the 90s or late 80s. 
very recently, uh, and he reposed rather recently. Um, there are folks, uh, his, uh, one of his uh, disciples, Saint Sophroni, who's now being canonized, uh, would have died um, while most of us were alive. So there is a very recent memory uh, of Saint Silwan. Uh, nobody really knew that much about St. Silouan through his life. In his holiness, uh, this is the thing I want to draw out, for as someone uh, utterly relevant to our time, for Christians, not relevant in probably any other way, according to the world standards, uh, was his deep pursuit of holiness, the struggle of holiness, that he took on the life of holiness, that he had a desire for purity of heart to see God, that he strove to pray without ceasing, uh, that he especially used the Jesus prayer, uh, that after great effort, uh, actually for him it was a great grace to receive it, if I remember correctly, after about three years, where the heart, according to the teachings of the church, the fathers of the church, uh, was activated within him and such that it was always there and present, that his heart was always reaching out to God, uh, asking for mercy, as the Jesus Prayer teaches us. He, in his pursuit of holiness, was, uh, he did a bunch of mundane jobs around the monastery. He was a kind of hiddenness in his holiness. And most people, uh, after years and years and years, they finally realized the holiness that was there, and something that St. Sophroni uh, recognized in him and sought discipleship from him. Uh, but he spent years in the mill house. He uh, did basic things around the monastery, and yet through all of that, he sought God. Uh, and I mentioned the descent of the prayer into the heart uh, and the great grace that was given to him, but in that great grace, there's also... Uh, as it came out in the hymnody, a great struggle with despair and despondency. Even though the prayer was deep within him, in his heart, he, uh, this is where the great saying uh, from Christ that was given to him, to keep his mind in hell and to despair not. Multiple times in the hymnody this evening, uh, St. Siloan was uh, called upon for those who are uh, in despair, those who struggle with despondency, and if there is something in uh, contemporary life, especially here in North America, that we need help with, it is the struggle with despair, despondency, lack of meaning or suffering that uh, seems to have no end, no telos, no meaning. But we have in St. Silouan a great intercessor, someone who uh, went through a very long dry spell, I'll say, a spiritual desert where he still, the heart, his prayer was going, he never stopped praying, but he lost the, the sweetness of what his first encounters with God was like, and it was years of struggle that he, in his prayer, not only for his own salvation, but prayer for the world, took upon himself a great weight, a weight that I think all of us, on some level, are familiar with, of despair of despondency and of the need to draw near to our Lord in the midst of all of that. The other great teaching of St. Siloan, there was many in there, many of them are intimately tied together, and I think uh, the overcoming of despair and despondency for St. Siloan 
what a grace from God was tied especially to his teaching about the forgiveness and love of enemies. That there's nothing more that will douse our spiritual life and kill our heart to harbor enmity, hatred, um, the desire for things to go wrong for other people, uh, and especially to know who our enemies are and to basically write them off. For St. Silouan, it was within the great depths of the Christian heart to forgive everyone and to pray for the salvation of all. This is, of course, rooted in his deep humility that he was the worst of sinners, but it was also in his great love, uh, as we hear in the epistle of John, that to love God means that we love our neighbor. And if we hate our neighbor, hate our brother, then we lie to say that we actually love God. The last thing that I think uh, is especially powerful in St. Silouan's pursuit of holiness with communion with God, with his deep prayer life, even in the midst of despair, despondency, dryness, and his deep uh, movement of love for the world, even if he was in the confines of the monastery with all those that he met, all those in the great uh, evils that had uh, occurred before him. Uh, There's one experience where he got into a fight with a friend, and St. Silon was a very big man. By big, I do not mean um, he had extra weight. He was uh, very tall. Uh, you would have wanted him, wanted him uh, as a soldier, and he punched the man, and it hurt uh, this fellow so much that for three days, he basically, they thought he was going to die. For the rest of St. Silouan's life, uh, he prayed for and felt the, the weight of what he had done in almost killing someone. In all of that, in his deep desire for God, his quest for holiness, his deep um, faithfulness in the lack uh, or the despair that he encountered, uh, in his deep love and for seeking of forgiveness for everyone, he was very strong about the power of the Holy Spirit and the need for us to seek and pray to the Holy Spirit. Uh, it is very important as Orthodox Christians, and it's something the Church gives us of its bounties and its treasures, uh, that we, uh, you can find this in other expressions of Christianity, of kind of obsession uh, with Jesus Christ, which I'm all about being obsessed with Jesus Christ, but it seems to uh, lose the Father and the Holy Spirit. And uh, St. Silouan was a great apostle and teacher of the Holy Spirit, that even in the midst of despair, there is love to uh, express, uh, that that love needs to be rooted in forgiveness, and that especially we need to pray for the salvation of the whole world, that, as St. Silouan said, that all would come to the knowledge of the Father in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. May we ask for the intercessions of St. Silouan and all of our monastic mothers and fathers who have gone on before us who pray for us, who gave us as an example uh, to love, uh, to pursue God, to forgive all those, and to especially pray for the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.